0: The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network, and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give.
1: Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you.
0: Listening to The Secrets of Star Wars episode 68, you are.
1: Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is
2: now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity.
1: That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing.
2: Remember force will be with you always
0: i was gonna do that in a yoda voice but i am terrible at impressions but hey everybody i am father andrew kinstetter aka father Fett, and you're listening to the secrets of star wars where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far far away including all the deeper themes and meanings If you hadn't guessed already, today we are continuing our series of character-devoted episodes and we are taking a look at the wisest, one of the wisest, arguably the wisest Jedi Master of all time, Yoda himself. So joining me tonight on the panel are Angela Cialana.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Hello. And second, we have Thomas Sanjurjo this evening. Hello, hello. So that is uh, it for us this evening. And so we are going to be diving into one of one of the coolest Jedi Jedi of all time, Yoda. So yeah. we're going to not waste any time and kind of jump into that. So just a brief overview of Yoda's character. This is coming from uh, Star Wars dot com, the, the data bank. Um, he is the Grand Master of the Jedi Council. Yoda has trained Jedi for over 800 years He is wise and powerful in the ways of the Force, though his small size causes many to underestimate him. Yoda prefers meditation and reflection, spending much time pondering the mysteries of the Force. In his long lifetime, he has witnessed the decay of the Galactic Republic and saw the Jedi Order transform from from peacekeepers to battlefield commanders in the Clone Wars. When he must, Yoda wields his lightsaber and becomes a whirling warrior of great speed and agility. A stern instructor, Yoda nonetheless has a mischievous sense of humor. With the rise of the Galactic Empire, Yoda fled into exile and awaited the arrival of a new Jedi student to rekindle a new hope in the galaxy. So, first of all, of course, what are, what are you guys, what's your favorite thing about Yoda? What's your, what's your general feelings towards the character? I, I love i love yoda
2: backpack uh, that's probably my yoda favorite backpack. yoda thing uh, is you know luke carrying him around on his back and doing the flips <laughs> and stuff uh if if anyone has not watched the uh the lip sync uh songs featuring oh, yoda yeah I, it, it it must be done you have to go search this up uh it's seagulls stopping. yeah now. that's start there uh, <laughs> dive deep because it, it's truly fantastic
1: true this is um i think probably one of the best things about yoda is kind of like what what you referenced without really saying it which is he's so approachable Mm -hmm. like i think everybody likes yoda i don't know if i've ever met somebody even like casual star wars fans who know next to nothing about you know who has this power or whatever but just know like you say yoda and people light up kind of, you know, like it, he is so fun, um, because he's small and green and strange looking and he speaks in this unique speech pattern. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and, but, you know, it, I think also just him having that role of, you know, going back to, um, George Lucas and Joseph Campbell's relationship and Joseph Campbell, Writing, you know, Hero of a Thousand Faces about how all of these myths and legends and stories throughout history, the humankind have like similar, um, roles and, 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 uh, you know, different arcs, story arcs, and different things that, that, have this function. And so Yoda is sort of the, the wise sage, right? Of the, the hero's journey. And, um, so to have this character who I think is, you're supposed to like them. You're supposed to really feel like they're almost like a family member or something, like somebody who can really give you that 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 word that you need even if it's a little bit you know difficult to hear um so i think just george lucas creating this character is just he was so brilliant you know just to be able to i mean he's he's one of the most loved characters of all time right i want
0: to i want to come back to that in fact because i i had done a little bit of just research into the the hero uh with a thousand faces and i mean that's truly really some cool Cool stuff there. So before we get to that, though, um, I just wanted to share that. Initially, I did not like Yoda, and and I need to I need to like back up and explain this because that sounds that sounds terrible. Oh no. Um. So so for context, well, but wait,
2: you you started. I was going to say you started at a different point in the series than oh, a lot that's of us. True, did, correct.
0: That's true. So yeah. I mean, so so the context here is I was a kid and Dad was watching The Empire Strikes Back on TV. And, um, for some reason I found Yoda, I mean, his eccentric look and his, (laughs) and his, the way he talked and the way he acted as a kid, for some reason, that just really kind of scared me in some way. And I'm not entirely sure why. It's the teeth, man. He's got those pointy, (laughs) weird, jaggedy teeth in the original series. Kind of
1: crazy eyes too. Yeah.
0: He's like like hitting R2-D2 with his little stick and causing a ruckus and, and of course, now I can totally appreciate that and, and love it. And um but initially that actually sort of <laughs> I didn't jump into Star Wars because of that. It wasn't until episode two hit theaters that really I, I really got into it. And of course, with episode two, we get to see this mm-hmm. really awesome yeah. right. Yoda who's who's wise he's teaching younglings but then he also fights dooku and not, not even has to use a lightsaber to to capture the light the force lightning and you know redirect it so so that was the yoda that i really liked and then by that point then i was okay with with episode five five yoda <laughs> so uh so yeah i i i do really like his character and of course nowadays especially with grogu on the Mandalorian just the whole Mm -hmm. yoda species has gotten quite a bit of spotlight and even though we know hardly nothing about the species (laughs) uh, there's there's definitely a generated interest in the the pop culture at large of yoda and grogu affectionately called baby yoda so i did want to go back to angela what you were talking about in um the 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 hero's journey uh because i did find that just really interesting as i was kind of looking it up And a brief little summary of what the hero's journey is, according to to Joseph Campbell, uh, from his book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, goes somewhat like this. Uh, The hero of the story is discovered in the ordinary world before a call to adventure. The hero refuses the call, but meets a mentor who gives the hero the strength to cross the first threshold. The hero is then tested by enemies and obstacles of increasing magnitude until a supreme ordeal followed by a reward. There is then a return to the ordinary world, but with an elixir, something to make the ordinary world a better place. So Yoda fits that role of mentor in particularly if if we're going to kind of look at Luke Skywalker's journey. Um, And then to go into that just a little bit more, here's another quote from Campbell that was just just really kind of on the nose almost he's describing um the mentor and he says that a mentor may often be some little fellow of the wood some wizard hermit shepherd or smith who appears to supply the amulets and advice that the hero will require so i thought that i mean yoda totally fits that like the the some right. little little fellow of the wood is totally Yoda, mm-hmm. um, you know. Once he reveals himself to be the the, the Jedi Master, uh, and so I, he he is that quintessential mentor.
1: He's he also, not. Yep. Oh, go ahead. I I'm was just, just going to say that. he's not.
0: He's not like. He's a hard mentor, though. I mean, and and like Thomas, you mentioned earlier, like with with him riding on Luke's back. And I mean, he's Mm -hmm. not he's not soft by any means in his advice. He's he's got some very pointed uh, comments and discussion, which um, I've gathered a few of my favorites and we'll talk more about them later and kind of what we can learn from Yoda. But I mean, he's he's yeah, he's not he's not a softy by any means.
2: He's a good he's a good traditional Japanese mentor, which is I think Exactly. You know, it's kind of back to that uh Akira Kurosawa sort of um inspiration for Star Wars where uh he he wants Luke to learn, but he's willing to let Luke learn on his own, right? He he tells him about the dark place in in their training, but then he just lets him wander in and doesn't prepare Mm -hmm. him for what he's gonna see at all some of it because he can't tell what Luke's going to see, but then the rest of it, because Luke needs to just go in there and learn on his own. And so there's that opening of just letting, letting the the disciple question and explore and learn themselves and being there to, to sound off of afterwards, which is really good, allowing them to fail and then uh, showing the way after they have failed so that they can learn better.
1: Yeah. It's very, um, I think intentional that we learn A lot about the force through Yoda. Um, Yoda is also kind of like this Buddhist Zen master, you know, um, in his character as well. Um, There's a lot of the force teachings, the Jedi teachings are kind of um, influenced by Buddhist thought as well. And um, one of the interesting things that I learned recently when I was learning more about Yoda is that uh, his name is very similar to uh, a Pali word. Pali is the sacred language of a certain kind of school of Buddhism. Um, and the word is Yoda. It's spelled Y-O-D-H-A, but it's pronounced the same. And it means soldier. So I saw that there was kind of a connection um, between what you're saying, Thomas, that um, that Zen master, but also the samurai film as well. That you know, Yoda is kind of this spiritual master, but he's sort of like a like a a samurai master too. Um, And he he is, yeah. I mean, as we're talking about this, he's really like that compilation of all the great things that make up that mentor character, that teacher character that we love.
0: Well, and like, I'm thinking again, back to the, to, to the prequels, he, he, only fights when it's absolutely necessary. You know, he, he definitely prefers the, the, the peak, the peacekeeper kind of role and the, the meditation and the, the mystical side of, of the force. Uh, but he is not afraid to pull out his lightsaber when needed and, and fight
2: and but then once the lightsaber comes out that's it it's the serious no nonsense very focused all all of the all of the jovial uh part of him is gone and and while he's a crazy fighter he's he's very intent on finishing that battle and i I love that aspect because that really pulls in um there's there's stories about miyamoto musashi who's the greatest sword fighter of all time uh he wrote this book called the book of five rings it's a beautiful treatise on combat and throughout the book you get this sense that he's just this guy like he's just like a regular he's a regular guy and he he was so good at sword fighting because he put everything else aside during the fight and the fight was all about completing the fight and so the way he talks about things is ridiculous like if you're faced with multiple opponents first strike one down and then strike another down and like that's his advice for multiple opponents right it's just focus on one strike him down and then go for the next one (laughs) don't worry about the multiples just take one out and then go for the next one and so that's that's kind of his mentality of fighting but then when you read the rest of the book like it's just relaxed and kind of you know like you're sitting around a fire and just having this uh, campfire side chat with this guy. Who's just regular, but he's the best sword fighter in in, in history. And so you get that sense with Yoda where he's just, he's relaxed, completely relaxed where he is. And then when the moment calls for it, he becomes that that thing that he needs to be. And, you know, 800 years worth of training would probably do that to you, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think actually that's one of the key qualities of Yoda is that he focuses on the present. um, And he, that's a strong central, like, tenet of his teachings to Luke is to, um, and also, I think, a little bit to Anakin as well, but to really uh, focus on the present and the now and what's in front of you um, and not get caught up in anything else, um, which is very Buddhist. But I think it's also very Christian, too. Um, Not that we uh, ignored the future or the past, but um, that we that we have a vocation and it's in the present, you know, and, and God is, is always in, in the eternal now, right? Like all, always existing outside of time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that um, that's actually one of my favorite things about Yoda is, is that teaching that he has, that he really teaches Luke because of course we know Luke is like staring off into the sunset all the time <laughs> and wanting adventure and, And that's one of the things that Yoda really gets at him, you know, hits him on the on the nose with his cane, his little stick um, about a lot is, I think, a good lesson for for me, but for all of us, too.
0: Um, One of the other things that I found that I really appreciated about his qualities is just his his moral uprightness. Um, And for some reason, I keep thinking back to uh, episode two uh, with his fight with Dooku and what allows dooku to escape is that you know dooku uh uses the force to try to knock that i don't even know what it is but he that 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 pillar onto anakin and obi-wan and yoda could end the fight with dooku he could continue to fight he could capture dooku but he would he would lose anakin and obi-wan to the to the pillar and and they would be killed and in the moment he of course changes tactics and rescues obi-wan and anakin and Dooku is able to escape uh, until Revenge of the Sith. But that, that whole idea that, yeah, again, he's like living in the now. And, um, you know, he's choosing to do what is morally upright in the moment. And not, you know, the ends, the ends don't justify the means for him. So he's not going to do something and allow an evil to happen just to, just to capture Dooku and, do, and, and try to stop the war but he he's got that moral uprightness of character which again goes back to just him being the the wise mentor the the one that that you trust because you know that that he's got he's got the good in mind in what he's doing even if he doesn't you know foresee the future per se the future's always in motion as as he has as he says you know but he he he's living in the now for sure
1: yeah i think um i was I was curious what you guys would say about like sort of his weaknesses as well, because I don't know if it's okay to to go there sure. now or not. But uh... it's excellent to go there now. That's the best. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best
2: part of talking about this character because he is so revered. I think it's good to kind of look at what was flawed about him, right? In, in the story that was portrayed.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, obviously with with the Clone Wars, you know. um, for 800 years you know he, you think oh how could he not have seen what was happening to the the Jedi order um in in turning into basically you know warmongers and and soldiers of the republic and and um not a living the Jedi way in in many ways um and you know, I think we did see a little bit more of that tension and that questioning in um, the Clone Wars and and and, you know, some of the other source material. But at the same time, it's like, you know, how how did this happen to Yoda? Because he he's supposed to be beyond, you know, in a way he's supposed to He he's presented to us in such a way that he's beyond this oversight, which we see as we're watching the movies, you know, and um, and even, you know, Anakin comes to see and and we know that um, that Ahsoka also comes to see and some of the others, you know, in the Jedi Order. So why did Yoda not speak up or why did he not take a stand against, you know, Chancellor Palpatine?
2: I, I would love to see that fleshed out. In his character uh, in the new the High Republic uh, information that's coming up, because there has to be a point at which he was kind of pushed aside as the old man. Right. And and that's where I think really he's doing the best he can with the position he's been given at during during the rise of the Clone Wars. Uh, I mean, he's training the, the kids. Right. And that's kind of one of those things that you would think the great master of the of the Jedi wouldn't be stuck training the kids. So there's, I think there's a huge story there. And I really do appreciate that view of it because you have to look at, 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 this figure. I mean, just going back to the moment you talked about where he's doing the moral good father, when you were saying that he's doing the moral good, how much evil could have been avoided if he had stopped Dooku at that moment. And if he had any view into the future, knowing that Anakin would die at that point, before becoming what he became. Uh, There's, you know, all around the net positive of capturing Dooku was greater than allowing the the two of them to die. Unless you go through this, you know, kind of (laughs) assumption about what
0: the Jedi are. (laughs) Wouldn't you sort of assume, though, watching episode one, that Yoda was already aware that there was going to be problems with Anakin? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like you. right, right. So, so, I mean, y- you know, you just because you, you see potential challenges and the potential for Anakin to go to the dark side, you know, and, and I guess that goes back again to him being moral in the moment. I mean, you know, he chooses to, to try to, you know, hopefully guide him towards the light and keep him there rather than, well, just don't train him at all and then avoid all the, the potential problems in the future. Well, but he he did recommend that
2: his initial recommendation for Anakin was that he was not going to be trainable. And and so this is where you come back to. I think the biggest flaw with this character is that he is too much of a pacifist. And and he waits too long to act. And you get that same that same kind of tendency to him. I mean, like, you know, when when Luke finds him again, he's removed himself from everything and he's hiding on this planet out in the middle of nowhere. Right. And it's only because Obi-Wan tells Luke to go find him that he's brought back into everything that's happening. And even when that happens, he says, nope, nope, he's too old. I'm not going to cheese like he continues to refuse to get involved. And so. I really feel like there's a lot more of a story there that needs to be kind of unfolded.
1: Yeah, it is interesting that you you bring up that Yoda immediately rejects Luke. Um he doesn't sit and think like, "Hmm, I wonder," you know, like he, he we don't see this moment of like Yoda really at least initially, you know, really considering the idea of, you know, training this this Anakin uh, Skywalker's son. Um, I yeah, I think you you're onto something with that idea of him being too pacifistic. Um, yeah, and it would be very interesting to see in the new stories that we're getting about his involving his earlier life. Um, if if something happened to him, you know, um, or if that was maybe part of his. His training, because it's it's definitely not I don't think it's part of his species because we've seen um, Grogu and we've seen how Grogu has acted at a relatively young age and has not been pacifistic.
0: I will point out uh, from what I've read so far of the High Republic, he is on the council still and the the one book i think he was taking a sabbatical from being on the council Mm, interesting so i guess read into that what you want but um i think i think one of them also mentioned that he is still even at that point kind of helping train the the younglings so i i think that role is maybe he's done that for for you know few a few uh, right millennia um, <laughs> right you know and maybe maybe something else to consider here too is that um, you know me and, and I and I tend to agree with you guys on him maybe being a bit too pacifist but also maybe um, just I don't know if I want to call it pride or maybe him feeling a, a lack of control because if he trains younglings from an early age he can kind of guide them and, and you know, shape them in the right in the right path where Anakin was already older than than that when he started his training. And then Luke, you know, was even older than Anakin when he started. And so perhaps there was even a little bit of or and also I think of now Ahsoka in The Mandalorian of not wanting to tra- take on Grogu because she she thought that Grogu might go down the same path as Anakin. You know, maybe maybe Yoda looks at Luke. And and in fact, I think this is heavily inferred in that, you know, much, much fear and, and, you know, in Luke and Mm -hmm. potentially unwilling to to try to take that on because of the potential for Luke to to fall to the dark side as well. Well, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about Star Wars is that for all the
2: fact that everyone talks about how archetypal all the characters are, you know, the standard good, standard evil every single character in Star Wars is flawed, right? And, and they're flawed in a very unique way that that's causes the character to need to grow and continues to be, you know, it's, it's all of us have those failures in ourselves that, that we constantly confront, no matter how much we try to get rid of them. They are things that are built into us that we will always struggle with. Right so you know there's the the addictive natures the um your, your standard uh sins of pride and lust envy greed uh we tend to attach to one of those out of all of them, and that tends to be the thing that we come back to over and over again and you see that in in uh Yoda you see this kind of pacifist uh this this uh refusal to engage uh where he would be helpful, beneficial, where it would be best for him to engage. In Luke, you see that, that constant looking to the future. In Kylo, you see that constant looking to the past, right? So, you know, all of the characters have these things that make them not perfect, which is great because it makes them real characters, it makes them characters that are real to follow. And that's, I think, you know, when you, when you touch on Yoda, you kind of poke at a sacred cow uh, and you start saying <laughs> negative things about him. And it's not that I don't like him. And, and I, I love the character. I think the character is fantastic. And, and I think to, to compare to um, in a Kurosawa film, The, the Seven Samurai, uh, which I think Yoda draws heavily from one of the characters in that, which is the the ancient swordsman, uh, the old the old swordsman who is fantastic swordsman. But he's kind of got this veteran status and he's, you know, he's balding and he's really, really good with a sword, but he's also like, you know, just tired of the world. <laughs> and I kind of get that sense with, from Yoda and again that's my favorite character in that film the seven samurai is that that grizzled veteran who's just you know world weary but at the same time is engaging as much as he can but really realizes it's not his world to fix anymore it's kind of gone beyond him and then the other thing that i think is really cool about yoda is that it captures this essence of what an 800 year old creature would be like right like, you've seen so many people that you've gotten close to live their entire life, grow old and die. And the world is just the world. It, it's th- there's nothing new under the sun, right? <laughs> and it doesn't matter what sun you're under. There's not there's not really anything new going on. It's kind of the same stuff over and over and over again.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I since we're talking about his character development, I think um, another thing, another point as I was reflecting on his character development is in the Clone Wars um, in this really interesting uh, story arc where he is sort of like caught up in this mystical world of the Force. And he's being taught by these uh, these beings in the Force um, about the living force and the cosmic force and um, immortality and things like that. And one of the he goes through tests in in this uh, not to give away everything it's really great it's worth um watching if you haven't yet but um i think one of the interesting things is that he still has more to learn even at that point in his life um from the force and about the force and in particular one of the things is that he really struck he he has to learn how to deal with his his shadow self there's like this other yoda like evil yoda or whatever that kind of appears and he has to like wrestle with his dark side and um before he realizes that he has to actually just accept his that he he has those tendencies those that that is all part of him and then He Once he does that, he accepts that and that he doesn't fight it. That's when he has mastery over himself more. So it's like all these great things about um, about how Yoda still has more to learn, even as old as he is, like you're saying, um, that I think is just so fascinating about him, um, even as he is, you know, kind of like our mentor you know, as we're going through the the movies with the with um, the different characters.
0: And I think that 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 is also why it makes him such a, a good mentor character is that I mean, because he knows or because he he still has more to learn, even at 800, 900 years old. You know, he's not filled with pride and said, you know, and says that he knows everything and comes off that way. And And sure, I think at the end of his life, you know, he still has he still has to kind of learn to to let go and to trust luke and you know and and kind of he has to kind of grapple with some of that but but that's that's the mark of any good teacher you know one of the things that that i mean i even try to do here is just like i'm okay with telling people i don't know the answer and i and i you know i know how to find out i i will look it up for you i you know i know who to ask you know but i as a, as a pastor, I'm not presenting myself as all powerful and all knowing that's, (laughs) that's for God, not for me, you know, but, but it is our role to be able to teach those, you know, younger than us, those less experienced, but also recognize that we ourselves are also on that continual journey of, of knowledge and self-knowledge and, you know, growth and, in virtue and, and all of that. So Yoda, Yoda definitely, you know, kind of embodies that, that aspect of it as well. Should we transfer to more of lessons that we've learned then from this great mentor? I've got a sure. number of quotes that I that I pulled from uh, various sources that I just kind of wanted to to throw out there and, and uh, talk As about. As you're
1: doing that, I I wonder if one of my least favorite Yoda quotes, which is often quoted Is going to be among them.
0: (laughs) Now I've got to now I've got to analyze my list exceptionally likely because I think I know the one you're going for. (laughs) Well, then I'm going to start where you probably aren't as familiar. Um, One thing that he says to Master Windu in Revenge of the Sith, and I don't know if this is in the movie or not, but it's in the book because I looked it up. Uh, But he he says, quote, named must your fear be before banish it. You can so mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, our, our the fears that we experience or the uncertainties that we experience in life in order to banish those from our hearts to basically acknowledge it is you have to identify it and you have to name it, you know, and then you can deal with it appropriately. If you're just dealing with uncertainty, you're never going to get at the root of what's going on. And I as I came across that one today, it, it just it just struck a chord because that's that's very Catholic and how, you know, our approach to. You know, uh, my approach to to helping people kind of uh, work through sin and temptation is, you know, to to acknowledge it, to identify it, um, and then identify the the root behind it. And then once you are able to do that, whether it's a broken self image or, you know, bullying or you know, a, a lack of a good father figure, or mother figure, you know, once you can identify and name that root then you can f- appropriately engage in, in the healing process and, and, and banish, so to speak, the, the consequence and the, the result of
1: that. That's a great one.
0: I'll throw it to you guys. I don't know if you guys have any quotes or anything, um, any lessons that you've learned. Otherwise, I can keep going. But um, I don't know what you guys had for insights learned.
1: One of his most quoted, maybe possibly his most quoted, is do or do not, there is no try is that the one that you don't um, like? No, that's not oh, the one that I okay. don't like actually. I uh I like that one. Um because it's it is true that that we can try things, like in other words, you know, um maybe we we set out to do something and we don't actually accomplish it. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that saying because we often use the fear fear of failure as an excuse um to not do something um and that i think that was the point that yoda was trying to make as uh, either you 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 set out to do something or you don't um and so i think that's a great uh, lesson for kids as well he has a lot of good lessons for kids and i think that was intentional by george lucas um i certainly i think about you know how he he george wanted to give star wars to kids in a way you know and and i often wonder how how was he devising these lessons in his mind as he was writing the script you know um but yeah do or do not there is no try and then also size matters not is probably like maybe number 2 or maybe they're both you know sort of quoted the the same number of times, but size matters not is also another great lesson for kids because it's very empowering for them. They see this little guy who is short and people don't think much of him initially. And and then wow, you know, you follow him through the the Star Wars movies as they were released. Obviously you're just talking to father about episode two and it's like, whoa, where did this guy come from? Um so yeah, I those are two quotes that I think are are great for kids. Um, and I'll throw it to you guys for well, some more before, before, we before
0: Thomas jumps in, I just wanted to, right. <laughs> to, to follow up on the size matters. Not I, what I love about that is that it does teach, you know, to, to not, to not be judgmental towards other people, you know, and that's, that's definitely a, a firmly rooted Catholic, um, and not just Catholic, but, but in, in general, it's kind of just the, you know, natural law, almost that every single human person has dignity. And we would say, you know is made in the image and likeness of God, and you know, just because someone doesn't appear to be better than other people or or looks you know disheveled or or whatever you know appearances ultimately mean nothing when you're looking at the heart, and i just i really I really appreciated that and and Yoda, you know, yeah, he kind of looks like this weird, odd little alien when I first saw him and scared <laughs> me and in my childhood, I probably judged him, but <laughs> learned For not an to. an ancient little man, you know, like
2: a tiny <laughs> right. old man with his little cane. <laughs> but he's like the greatest warrior in history. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I like I want to tag up on that one about the do or do not, because that that whole scene uh, is something that that really impacted me as a child. Um, because, you know, what he's saying there is not that you can't try something but that if you are going to try something, throw yourself into it, do it. And if you fail, fine, you fail. But but you you threw yourself into it. And that's the marker of, of success is whether or not you you went for it. You know, like if you really embraced what you were doing and just gave it your all. And um, and that that see that same scene is where he lifts the X-Wing up out of the swamp. And Luke turns around and looks at him and says, I don't. I don't believe it. And Yoda's response was, That,
1: that is, is why you, you fail. fail.
2: And to me, that, that as a whole package, that is the best lesson that he teaches. It's the, you, you just, it, you're not going to, it, it's not like it's an instant uh, recipe for success. And, and that's not what Yoda's trying to say at all. Uh, what he's saying is either go for it and, and completely throw yourself into it and believe with all your heart that it's going to happen and, and just, just push for it or don't because there's no point in kind of like, yeah, maybe attempting it, you know, putting your toe in the water and, uh, you know, because, because you're going to stop yourself. You're going to, you're going to keep yourself from succeeding. And that to me is just like, it, it's such a powerful statement for kids to, to watch that and to see. so, you know, succinctly put together this, this package of, of what it looks like to believe in yourself and, and know that you can do these things that are impossible, that are, that are beyond the imagination that you have at the moment, but that if you just go for it, you might be able to overcome that, uh, you know, that barrier. So I think that's probably, uh, that's probably my like favorite all encompassing quote of his but then i also like the one from him that he said that when he's talking about the younglings and he says that truly wonderful the mind of a child is that's one of my other favorites of his where he's uh you know he it's it's where obi-wan's looking for a lost planet and the and the (laughs) child makes a reference to where the planet might be and and it's like, it's the answer that they were looking for. And 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 so often, you know, with eight kids, I've had that moment so often where, you know, my kids will just say something and it's like, well, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you know, that's so obviously the answer. How did I not come up with that? And it's because I don't have that mind of a child that's just free to roam and wander and and come up with these solutions that are completely out of the bounds of, what
0: i have experienced and eliminated from my life right but also to be free to not like at that age they're not they're not trying to impress their friends they're not trying there's no peer pressure like that that particular scene he just states actually he states the obvious like so, right. you know someone <laughs> exactly. someone erased it from the archives and yep. <laughs> and obi-wan and y- <laughs> y- well yoda may have already kind of wink wink knew but um or at least assumed maybe the answer where obi-wan is like oh yeah that that (laughs) kind of makes sense oh yeah you know but but he speaks without like without fear of of saying the wrong answer Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. is which is really yeah empowering and and how we should we should act so the next one that i have is another one from episode three and again i this is at least pulling from the novel i didn't actually go look these up on on the movie Uh, But Yoda, um, at one point, Anakin goes to Yoda for advice regarding his visions regarding Padme potentially dying. And so Yoda gives him this advice. He says, speaking of you and your vision and your fear, we are the shadow of greed attachment is what you fear to lose. Train yourself to release. Let go of fear and loss cannot harm you. And so Anakin, of course, takes this as, well, Yoda has never been in love and he doesn't understand what's going on. And I'm going to totally disregard everything that Yoda said because he's not actually going to be helpful, you know, but that that that's where Anakin's at at that point in his life. But I I just found it very uh, pointed when he said the shadow of greed attachment is. Or if we're attached, that's it's in the shadow of greed and I, and I really appreciate that because that, that's kind of hitting at the heart of, of greed is, of, is wanting to possess, wanting to, to hold on to things, um, things or, or people in this case. And, you know, and that's ultimately that, you know, he fears losing Padme in an unhealthy manner because he's wanting to possess rather than love, even though there is there is love involved, authentic love, I think, as well. But he's he's too caught up in wanting to kind of hold on and and control. Yep, 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 yep. Um, And so, of course, he is not able to hear this and respond in a healthy way. And ultimately, we kind of know where where episode three ends up and he uh, inadvertently causes her to fulfill that prophecy of her of her dying because of his because of his attachment and his greed. So I think the one, Angela, that you probably don't like. Let's see if I'm (laughs) right this time. this is coming from episode one.
1: Nope.
0: Oh, okay. Nope. I am just striking <laughs> out here. <You> know, <laughs> maybe, here. Maybe. Maybe here right now. Maybe. I don't know what it is. This is uh. this is exciting, though, because the ones that I figured you didn't <laughs> Good, I'm okay. glad I
1: gave the teaser <laughs> at the beginning.
0: <laughs> so, listeners, you can try to guess as we go along, too. Uh, so, in episode one, he's talking about fear being the path of the dark side. And this is his his pretty standard: fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Which is sort of just it ties right in with with the other quote that I that I had that when when you you know when you fear something or you fear to lose something, you know it can it can cause you to go down that road of of anger and um, unhealthy anger, wrathful anger, not just righteous anger. And I and I try to make that distinction, especially when I'm um, in the confessional. A lot of people uh, come and, and just just confess anger. And and I have to remind them that anger itself is just an, a human emotion. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. And even Jesus had righteous anger when he drove the, the money changers out of the temple. But it's where that takes you. If it takes you down the road of wrath, if you respond to it in in, in that way of resentment and grudges and wishing ill and doing ill towards other people, that's where it becomes wrong. But but having Anger itself can actually prompt you to do what's right. So here, of course, Yoda is is talking about that anger that leads to to wrath towards hating, and then of course that leads down the road to ultimate suffering because uh, this just leads to destruction.
2: I think one of the interesting things about um, if if you are only in the movies. Of Star Wars you get a very stilted view of the force and of why you know why would anybody embrace the dark side I, obviously it's for power but 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 that's uh you know that's obviously evil also and I think um if if you've ever played further like into the games and read into some of the books there's a beautiful litany of the Sith that I'm, I'm going to read it right now because it's it's really fantastic and it kind of gives you a view of like why would you do this if you If you didn't, you know, if you knew it was going to be evil, why would you embrace the dark side? And this is more kind of where uh, Anakin goes wrong. And it's um, the the litany is peace is a lie. There is only passion through passion. I gain strength through strength. I gain power through power. I gain victory through victory. My chains are broken. The force shall set me free. And that's kind of that deeper understanding of where the Sith are coming from as not that they're. Just plain evil, but that they feel that having been given this power, they are freed by it from the regular run of the mill being stuck in their day to day life. Right. They can they can overcome anything. They can overcome even death. And um, and that's the the you know, the enticement that Anakin gets is that ability to overcome using the force and to control the destiny of the person that he's with and in that process he loses everything and i think that's one of the really you know painfully beautiful things about the way that the dark side is handled in uh, throughout the, the the trilogies and um you know as you become more impassioned and as you become more free with the force you also lose control over everything that that you are trying to control in your life and that's so often a reflection of the way that you know Our life can be the more you try and make everything work exactly the way you want it to. It's the way you want it to and not the way that things are going to work. And so you can't be
0: comfortable with things when they're not in that perfect order that you want. I think that echoes back to even just why Yoda is such a great character, because he's not perfect. And even I mean, that's that's why we why we love good stories and why we love Star Wars is even the villains. I mean, unless we're unless we're talking about Palpatine, which which we already talked about, they're not they're <laughs> not evil, you know, just to be evil. But there's always, you know, that 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 desire, you know, an Anakin ultimately to 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 win the Clone Wars and to save Padme and to do something ultimately good. But the fear distorts that and it leads them down this road of of, yeah, wanting to control it and and kind of getting them all caught up in that and that's something that is just relatable to us as humans because we all experience those same sorts of of tensions and pulls in our own hearts and we have to grapple with them just like these characters do so Angela I, I think, want to know what Angela is I don't think I actually have it on my <laughs> list um so. okay
1: wow that's, that's very surprising because I feel like I see this quote a lot um so it's from episode five Okay. Okay. okay? And it's when Yoda is talking to Luke and he's saying like, oh, no, I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, and and Yoda gets his little stick and he kind of pokes at Luke and he says, <laughs> luminous beings, are we not nah. this crude matter? <laughs> um, And I think a lot of people find that quote to be very inspiring because it I think the intention of the quote is to say you think that you are just stuff right you're just you're you're just flesh and bone but there's more to you than that and and there's nothing wrong with that interpretation in fact that's a beautiful interpretation but the reason why i don't like the quote is because we are not matter that is crude i i don't think that is a christian idea that you know it's interesting too because Christianity is so amazing. Like, we're coming up on Ash Wednesday as we're recording this. And so, like, we're going to be talking about how, like, we come from dust, you know, which is crude matter, right? (laughs) But at the same time, like, we have this idea that, you know, Christ came and became incarnate and that our bodies are not just stuff, like, just waste, you know, and nothing important, but that we are, are, even matter has been infused with this divine beauty, this divine um, uh, blessing, this grace. And so um, that is one of the things that I think a lot of people, you know, we all sort of like have this part of our wounded nature, uh, human nature is like, we, we beat up on ourselves a lot or we, we don't think that we're good enough. And I think we've been talking about that, you know, throughout this conversation. Um, and a lot of that also goes with like our, our appearances as well, you know, how we view our bodies, how we treat our bodies. And I, you know, I think that using that kind of language, like, Oh, we're just crude matter. Um, it feeds into that that mentality potentially and so that's one of the the reasons that i don't like using that quote as an inspirational quote because i think as christians we should not necessarily um, use that kind of language when we're talking about ourselves. That we should, um, that we should do better, you know, than that. Um, so I don't know what you guys think about that.
0: <laughs> I agree completely. That was that was not on my list, by the way, of quotes that I wanted to talk about. So I'm I'm glad that you brought it up, because it yeah it really. Um, I mean, we go back to the Book of Genesis when God created the earth and the sky and the stars. Every single time he creates something, he declares it good. And then when it's he when he creates man and woman is when he declares them very good. And yeah, if you if you have a distorted view on on that, then then it totally distorts Jesus and the incarnation and what we're all about and, and our, you know, the the belief in the resurrection of the body. And, you know, we're not just uh, you know, souls that are trapped in this in this body that I just have to endure and then somehow be freed from at death, you know, but rather there's, there's inherent goodness because God has created it and he wants it to be, to be good. So I, I appreciated you bringing up that, that, uh, that quote. Well, I think there's,
2: there's plenty of places in, in star Wars itself where this is discussed because there's a lot of the cybernetics, um, in star Wars that are really, uh, central to the story, not just, uh, kind of an after effect of them being in the future but you know uh luke's loss of his hand and when he's fighting vader at the end and he cuts off that hand and sees that his father is very much like him having lost that hand as well and just anakin's losing some of his force abilities by being converted into this half man half machine right uh and and that 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 Breathing that he has that that just gives him such a a, a stage presence in in the world um, and grievous uh, as another example that uh, you know has is a a creature that was kind of intentionally placed through this torture and put into this uh, machine and is a tortured soul stuck inside of a machine uh, in the very real sense right uh it, It's a it's a theme that comes up a lot in Star Wars, and it's interesting for it to be juxtaposed with this kind of concept of, oh, well, but, you know, you're just this you're just this crude You're not just this crude stuff. You're this being that's separate from just that crude stuff. But the crude stuff is really important, even inside of the lore of Star Wars itself.
1: Yeah. um, And I think that that really kind of reveals the again, the Buddhist influence, which um, does have that concept like avoiding suffering, um, that, that our, bo- our body is sort of, yeah, like more of the, that dualistic idea of the body and the soul rather than the unity that, that Christianity sees us to be. Um, which, you know, as we were talking about like anger and and hate and suffering and that, um, teaching of Yoda, I was thinking about in Romans where Paul talks about how we, um, we even boast of our afflictions because afflictions um, lead to endurance and endurance, proven character and proven character leads to hope. And so, you know, not that suffering is uh, suffering is evil. Suffering is bad. Um, we don't believe that God gives us suffering uh, in in that um, type of way, but that but that we can through suffering that we can um achieve something greater with God's grace. So yeah, I think there's definitely if you are a Christian and you're coming into Star Wars there it's good to be mindful of those differences and those influences at the same time so that you can really kind of learn how to um how to just like with anything any media, you know, it's good to kind of like understand and and be critical in in a positive way so that you can uh interact with whatever media it is whatever story it is in as a Christian
0: I just want to add to that that uh Saint John Paul iI has an apostolic letter called redemptive suffering uh or Salvici dolores in in Latin you know and and he talks about that reality that 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 suffering is a is a lack of a good that should be there so it's it is uh, an evil but it's something that that god allows in order to bring forth good from it but also that in our suffering it, we can we can be mystically united to christ on the cross and so it, that because christ suffered um and died for us he was able to elevate suffering to be that act of redemption for the world and so when we suffer It's something that we can be united to Christ on the cross and participate and make that a prayer in itself and participate in Christ's redemptive act. So it's not something that is just empty and and hollow and meaningless. It's not something God wills on us or causes, but it's something that he allows because it's a way for good to be drawn from it. And of course, God isn't going to interfere in a way that that removes free will from humans and and you know removes all suffering and and because that goes contrary to, to who god is as well so but that goes back to the fact that i mean our bodies matter you know and so even what happens to our bodies matter not not just again like suffering is just something i have to endure to get to the end but there there's there's meaning there as well i have uh one more quote and this one is quite a bit more light-hearted <laughs> so this is um oh and now i'm gonna blank on which movie episode five or six but he's he says you know when 900 years you reach look as good you will not you will not <laughs> so which is absolutely true <laughs> <laughs> yeah when i'm 900 i'm gonna be a skeleton somewhere <laughs> and waiting waiting the resurrection of the body <laughs> so that one's just a, a fun kind of comical he's he's got a good uh at least a good self uh <laughs> uh self uh, uh throw- yeah a sense of humor any other lessons or quotes from you guys that you wanted to bring up
2: I've got one more, and still going back to episode five, um, when when Luke is faced with that dark spot of the Force, and he asks what he's going to find inside, and Yoda responds to him, uh, "You'll only find what you bring in, right?" Uh, and that, to me, is such a great. Uh, as I'm as I'm increasing my own meditative practice, uh, and, and really sitting down and um, focusing on on my meditation and I'm also teaching my uh, 13 year old uh, how to do it because he's, he's got a lot of really knee jerk emotional responses that are uh, making, getting him into a lot of trouble. And so, you know, I'm trying to teach him how to, you know, kind of remove himself from those uh, emotional responses to situations. Uh, That's been such a helpful quote, sitting down and and remembering that when I go into meditation, when I go into prayer, I, I'm, I'm going to find what I bring with me. And it's important to remember that, that, that I'm bringing that baggage with me into those situations. And then it's also important to remember that I need to confront those things, not just that they're going to go in with me and come out with me and going to be with me constantly. But that when I'm going into those moments that I'm reflecting on those things and coming to terms with them by Pushing them outside of myself and looking at them, and that's that's the real power of you know sitting down and bringing something before God, and just having it be that moment where you can recognize it. And you know, Father, like you were saying earlier about uh, you know naming the the thing that it, that we're confronting. You bring that thing with you. It's not it's not like it's a thing that's external to you, and you're just dealing with life, and life is horrible. But but that you have inside of you that. Thing that you're struggling with and to remember that as you go into it and sometimes it's ugly it's sometimes it's difficult uh to deal with and uh, many times it's very challenging to deal with it but when we get into the confrontation with it we realize it's us that's the real thing that we're struggling with and like like luke when he arrives he fights vader in this dark place and when he when he succeeds vader's helmet falls on the ground And instead of being someone he doesn't know, it's his face that he finds, which is not only telling us something about the future of the the episodes of Star Wars, but also something about Luke
0: himself. I also uh, just like that whole idea that I mean, so he he grabs his lightsaber and heads into the cave and Yoda tries to tell him not to bring his weapon, you know, and so that's that's part of the reason why he fails, quote unquote, in in the cave. But I think that that image, if if you want to kind of apply it to to just Christian meditation, I think is is actually really interesting. And I, I'm totally just kind of speaking off the cuff. So I apologize if there's a faulty analogy here, you know, but in terms of meditation, you want to you want to bring into it you, yourself, you know, only what you take with you. Um, but if we take, quote unquote, the weapons of a smartphone, you know, or something to try to combat. What we're going to find in meditation and not actually deal with it, we're going to fail, you know. So if, you go, if you go into meditation and it doesn't have to be a smartphone, but it could just be I'm going to go into meditation and look at look at the, the stained glass windows and not actually engage with myself. You know, it could be any number of things. But so it just it points out the, the necessity to like Christian meditation, sitting with the Lord and, and really just being with ourselves and with the Lord is challenging. And yet that's, that's where we need to go and to kind of try our best to remove all the distractions. Um, Not that we're going to be perfect in that, but, but to really engage into that process. Okay. I guess we'll move on to favorite, favorite moments. What are your favorite moments with Yoda? (laughs) Oh man. Uh,
2: I, I'll start off the, the end of episode two is, you know, because I, I grew up with with these. With the I, I had toys of Star Wars stuff before I had even seen the movies. So I had the Rancor and the uh, the Luke because my, my parents got them at a garage sale and were like, Oh yeah, you like action <laughs> figures? You got all these He-Man guys and this is, I guess, one of those. And so they handed them to me. Uh, and so when I started watching the movies and seeing these action figures that I had like on the movie screen, so I went backwards, you know, <laughs> kind of <laughs> the Star Wars thing. Uh, when I started watching the movies, I was like, Oh, that's so cool! But you see Yoda, it's like he's he is supposed to be this. Great warrior, and he's always like walking around with this cane. And it's like, okay, I guess he's like this great warrior <laughs> from a long time ago, whatever. And so then, you know, episode two comes out, and it's kind of pushing the boundaries of of Yoda, who he is. And all of a sudden, he shows up with with Dooku, and they get into this confrontation. And you're like, oh wait a minute, oh is this, is this happening? Is this actually going to happen? <laughs> and I was. I'm so torn up because I'm disappointed in the fact that he's like, we won't solve this with ma- our mastery of the force, and then pulls out a lightsaber and it's like, no, man. But, but at the same
0: time, I was like, but we get to watch Yoda use a lightsaber, so that's cool. I love how he has his cane and he just drops his cane and goes into right. fight mode, <laughs> just like, boop. yeah. And then afterwards, he just uses the force to pick up his cane again and he's right. To- <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's and and it's almost like um like he he embraces the force so fully in that moment that it car- that the force carries him instead of him being able to because obviously he can't do
0: all that stuff if he's still limping around with a cane. But and to point out that that was that was starting to push CGI in places that they hadn't gone before because that was the first time that Yoda was CGI. They ended up going back and redoing Episode One and with a CGI Yoda, but Episode One when it initially released, it was a puppet. So. So that was cool to see CGI in that way. Angela
1: Um my favorite moment is actually from episode 8. <laughs> <laughs> um and it's when Yoda comes and talks to Luke and yeah. um <laughs> And I, I just I for one thing, I think it just delighted everyone in the theater, you know, to see that moment um, and just gave everyone that sense again of like childlike awe and oh, my gosh, it's Yoda. And he, you know, and and it brought back the some of the great qualities about yoda which is like the little noises that he makes and the little laugh that he has and and his kind of wicked sense of humor <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like bringing the lightning down on the tree um and and kind of teasing luke um and but really you know again going back to that lesson that i brought up at the beginning is you know he he gets after luke about um you know, not uh, still looking to the horizon and not what is in front of his nose. And um, I, I really need to hear that lesson a lot personally. So for me, that was just such a beautiful moment and something that I think about personally in my life um, as, I, as I'm going through my life. And, and just thinking about Yoda telling that to Luke, I apply it to myself.
0: Awesome, so I appreciate that uh, you had a more deeper, insightful favorite moment of Yoda. <laughs> because my first, my first thing when I put down for favorite moment was the end of episode two, mm-hmm. <laughs> and for my second, and I'll go with my second favorite because you you took the first favorite is his battle with with Darth Sidious. So I, for, again, I just uh, I think maybe that's just the, the, the boy in me is to, yep. uh, you know, to see, a, to see an awesome <laughs> lightsaber battle. And, and, and even in episode three to see, you know, Darth Sidious throwing the Senate chamber pods, you know, at Yoda as they're fighting and, and everything. Um, of course, he doesn't he doesn't exactly win that battle either. But uh, but still just just a really fun, a fun battle. So so that's my second favorite. Yoda moment. Any final observations about Yoda that either of you would want to bring up? I I really am honestly looking forward to
2: um some people exploring him and and confronting the sacred cow kind of situation that that he can be because I think you can place him into this into this slot in Star Wars of being the ultimate master, right? And and the truth of the matter is, is that every single Jedi had a different thing that they were very focused on. And, um, and, you know, I think Qui-Gon gets a bad rap for just kind of being so shortly part of the first one until you listen to Dave Filoni talk about Qui-Gon and how he knew that there was problems with the Jedi and he was trying to help fix those problems with the Jedi, right? Uh, so, but, but each and every one of them is very unique in their exploration of the force. And a, a lot of ways it reminds me of, you know, like thinking about the saints, because there, there really is no difference in God. God is God, right? And, and Christianity is Christianity. But to listen to uh, St. Augustine versus St. Francis talk about their religion, there's two completely different uh, perspectives. Like it's, it's very, very unique. It's such a multifaceted thing to listen to the different saints speak about it and if you can kind of embrace that and, and they're and not none of them are perfect right they all have a checkered past and um and they all got these strange things you have flaws that are building into who they are and why they think the way they do and i and i think if if we can really if the people who are really embracing um you know moving forward especially with the high republic um stuff if they can really take yoda and and, and tease out those things that make him the character that he is and give us a little more story about him. I'm really looking forward to seeing more
0: of that. I'm nervous that they're, that they're not going to do that because, <laughs> um, well, at least initially, and maybe maybe they've got plans more, more down the road, which I would be totally fine with, but initially he's sort of, he's there, but he's not the focus. And I think it's to to, to really you know, present these new characters and the new stories and to not try to tie it too much to, um, to the, to the star Wars main characters that we know, but I know he's going to show up in, I think one of the, the comics he's kind of been referenced a couple times in the novels that I've read, but, um, so we'll see. I mean, that this is this, the high Republic is sort of a, it's years long in their storytelling plan. So there there's tons that we still don't even know about what's coming. So yeah, and I, th- I think the. Ma- I'm hoping the Mandalorian even does a little bit to kind of
2: explore the depths of, you know, what the race is and what they're about in,
0: in that kind of coming back to who Yoda is. Okay, well. Listeners, of course, uh, we want to hear your thoughts about Yoda, too, because there's no way that we could talk about everything uh, involving any of these characters. So we would love to keep the conversation going with you on your thoughts and opinions on Yoda and any of the characters that we have talked about and will continue to talk about in the future. So definitely please let us know what your thoughts are. You can do that in various ways. You can email us at starwarssqpn.com at or you can comment on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia. And you can use Twitter to tweet at us at sqpn, and definitely keep the conversation going there, and we'd love to engage in you, with you guys in that way. We'd also like to take a moment now to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Matthew B., Saline L., Amy Z., C.M., and Elaine K. And now is a great time to become a StarQuest patron, thanks to a generous gift from a StarQuest supporter. When you start a new Patreon monthly pledge at sqpn.com, The first three months will be matched by an equal amount from our donor. So if you become a new patron at $10 per month, after three months, our donors will give $30 to StarQuest to support all of our shows, including this one, making your gift go even further. So if you've been thinking about becoming a StarQuest patron at any point, now is a great time to join. So visit sqpn.com slash give today. Also, of course, make sure that you are subscribed to the show. You can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, your favorite podcast player. You can also find us on the SQPN YouTube channel. Just be sure to click the bell to receive notifications for new episodes. And you can find any and all previous episodes of The Secrets of Star Wars by going to sqpn.com slash starwars. And we will be back in two weeks to continue our character series by taking a look into the smooth talker Lando Calrissian. So, until then, <laughs> Angela Silana, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. My pleasure. And Thomas Sanherho, thank you for joining us this evening as well. It's been great, thank you. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest.